Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to back to Travel Market Life and I'm your host Ryan Haynes and we've got a bit of a special series. I've decided to have a look at the world of travel podcasters and find out what makes them tick and give you a little bit of insight as to some of those special podcasts out there that have been running for some time so that you can tap into those and get some uh, listening to uh, what people are talking about and, and, and diversify some of your listening. So joining me today is Chris Christensen uh, from the Amateur Traveller Travel podcast he's done over 750 episodes so i'm looking forward to finding out um how he's gone about doing this and uh, what what keeps his passion for travel alive so much uh, chris uh, all the way from san jose thank you very much for joining me today how are you thank you for having me i'm very good thank you Excellent. I mean, it's, it's, I came across you guys, you on, on Audrey, which is a, a new platform um, right. for podcasters. And um, I don't know how you found that, but uh, it's great to find other people with sort of similar passions and interests to yourself and, and, and to explore a wider world of podcasting. Right. Well, we have been doing this for a little while now, uh, coming up on 16 years. That's incredible. How did you get into it in the first place? So, well, podcasting started in 2004, and one of the tech shows that I was watching uh, got canceled and turned into a podcast in about December of 2004, and I went, it turned into a what? <laughs> you know, I, I had no idea what a podcast was, who, who did at that point. And so I started listening to that and then started listening to other shows, and it didn't take more than about six months till I thought, you know, what kind of show could I do? I should do a show. And thought about doing a tech show, thought about doing a religious show, and then ended up having some friends over for a Memorial Day picnic. And all the best stories were travel stories. And so I started a show that was originally going to be about my travels, uh, which was a foolish notion because I was working full time. I was a EVP of engineering at a, a software company in uh, Silicon Valley at that point and was traveling four weeks a year and podcasting 48 weeks a year and that math doesn't work. So it very quickly turned into an interview show so we could talk to people who were going all over the world about destinations, remote and uh, and local and everything else in between. Right. So I mean, how long is the show? What can people expect uh, when they tune in to the Amateur Traveler Travel Podcast? It's on. It depends on the destination. Some destinations, there's a lot more to talk about than others. And so I would say it probably averages about uh, 45, 50 minutes per episode, almost never over an hour and really very seldom less than 30 minutes. Wow. Okay. And how do you source all your guests? Because I mean, at 750 episodes, <laughs> that's a lot of people. It is. Some of them obviously are return guests. Uh, so next week's show, for instance, are guests who've been on the show, I think, five other times talking about different destinations. And I, this week's guest was a new guest. And it's a little easier now than it used to be. Well, it's a little easier in more recent years than it used to be because a lot more people will pitch me things because, you know, if you go into 
Apple Podcasts, for instance, and you search for travel, I'm one of the first show, four shows that will show up on uh, any given day. And so it's a little easier to run into me. And so I get people who will pitch me all the time, or I'll say, you know, it's been a while since we covered such and such. And I'll put out a, you know, a call to fellow travel bloggers, for instance, and say, hey, does anyone know someone who is a real expert on and, and throughout a destination? And that often works, uh, although I'm usually looking for somebody who has been there very recently, usually within the last 12 months. That has been harder this year. This year so like the last 24 months or so. So a little harder to find guests this year because people just aren't traveling as much. But we've, you know, we've done interviews with people who are in country, uh, which has been helpful. People who have been there, you know, for a while or have deep roots in places are my ideal guest. And, and not usually, and this is relevant for your audience, usually not someone who is paid to tell me that it's the wonderful place to go to, usually not the marketing people. Um, I was going to say, so you, I mean, you welcome PR people to get in contact with you. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I've been pitched some great shows mm -hmm. from PR people, but very seldom have PR people on the show because, you know, when I ask things like, you know, what's one warning you would give or what restaurant is the best one or, you know, those sorts of things, I tend to get generic answers. Let's just say, you know, people who tell me that it's perfect for everyone and that's really never true. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing about travel. You want to know the grit. You want to know the dirt yeah. in the place. You you want to get under the skin and, and, and it's not perfect, And but that's the beauty of travel. Well, and we're always having somebody on who loves the destination. That's why they're coming. Well, I say always. There was one show. There was one episode <laughs> we did on a, on a trip that went horribly wrong in uh, Eastern Russia, but typically amateur traveler, amateur to do something for the love of it. We're usually talking about travel for the love of it and a destination that someone pitched me because they just love the place. Mm -hmm. um, and they honestly, you know, aren't getting paid by me, didn't get paid by anybody else to tell me they love the place. They just love the place. And when some people listen, they're going to go, wow, that is the place for me. You know, I've got those emails that say, I never thought of Namibia until I heard your show and now I'm honeymooning in Namibia or something like that. Um, uh, but other ones, you're going to listen to that show and you're going to go, Chad is not for me. <laughs> you know, that, is, that is too far out there for me. Or, or you know, that just doesn't sound like my scene. It sounds like it's all about the food and I'm more about the hiking or something or vice versa. But I guess that also depends on the sort of guests you're getting in. Because some people yeah. will really be into the food or into the Absolutely. culture. Yeah, so it changes you, every week. <laughs> so you, you, I guess you also have to look at even revisiting destinations sometimes to make sure that you're getting a more 360 view of what, of, of what the place is like. Yeah, well, we will. We often, these days, you know, 16 years in, if we did a show 10 years ago, it doesn't really matter. The, mm. There was a much, much smaller audience in podcasting in general that long ago. And so we will definitely revisit destinations, usually not with the same guest because we do want a different perspective. We want to see a different way to see that destination. Um, and so, yeah, it, it really does depend on who you're bringing on and what kind of, you know, interest they have. We'll talk about textiles when we talk to somebody who went to see the Hmong people in Northern Vietnam, but we'll talk about food when we have a, you know, food, Journal travel journalists come on and talk about the Azores. So it really does depend. And um, I mean, you, as you said, you know, the, you were thinking what you were going to do your podcast about, and and, yeah. and all the stories that came out were about travel. And and, and you know, th there's a way of telling a story, um, and there's a way of recognizing that this story can actually 
bring something else to life and 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 why do you think travel particularly sort of connects the dots for you well one of the reasons that i love travel personally is that i love to learn new things you mentioned for instance you know trying to find time to study different languages when mm. i wasn't a podcaster i spent more time studying languages because i just love not just being able to speak the language when i go there but the insight that you get into a culture through its language you know, I love the fact that in Chinese, for instance, that the word for good or well is a, a, the character is a woman and a baby. You know, it's like mm -hmm. this is, you know, the word for strife is two women under a roof. <laughs> 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 you know, you, you learn a little something from the culture. You know, I love the fact that the word for stranger and guest in Swahili is the same. And so I, that sort of thing is one of the things that I love about travel. It's also one of the reasons why on the show we tend to talk about more we don't. We the one thing we don't tend to talk about is the fly and flop vacation. Uh, they're great vacations to just go to the beach. You know, what did you do today? I sat out in the sun and mm. went into the water. It can be a great vacation, but it's really boring to talk about. <laughs> and so we tend to talk more about the culturally rich things. I love history. I'm a big history buff, and so if you can, you know, pitch me the the history of a place. We just did a deep dive in Rome and all the different places that you can see that people go to, but then all the places that they don't know that they should go to with somebody who loves history as much as I do. And, you know, that sort of intellectually curious kind of travel is what we tend to focus on and because it's interesting. It's, you know, it for, for a geek like me, <laughs> it just really is the thing, you know, getting me to say on the show, I did not know that is one of my favorite moments. I mean, you are um, about to go on a, on your first trip um, after the pandemic all started. First um, uh, international trip. I've done okay. some travel last year. I, I happen to live in California, and I do a California blog as well in my copious free time. And so we've done some California trips last year and also again this year as things opened up again after that horrendous winter where we just hunkered down and, and hid. But uh, yeah, about to get on a plane and go to the Galapagos being uh, sponsored by a uh, doing a sponsor trip basically with uh, Quasar Expeditions on a small uh, ship in the Galapagos. Yeah. And I mean, you know, after all of this, um, what, what are you expecting is going to change? Have they given you sort of any any expectations as to how travel might have changed? I mean, you're going to be jumping on a, on a, on a, on a flight as well. And, sure, yeah. Uh, lots of mask wearing, lots of uh, hand sanitizer, uh, lots of social distancing. Yeah, travel won't be the same this year. Who knows, next year maybe. Uh, and it's, it's going to depend a little bit on where we go this year too. Um, the idea of, for instance, a travel corridor between – the UK, Israel, and the US, as we get further along in our vaccination numbers, uh, I think is is likely at this point. Uh, where you know that trip that I had scheduled just a week ago to India is now looking really dubious because you know we're not done with this yet. No, absolutely not. And 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 I mean, I lived in Brazil for a couple of years, and I had all yeah. planned to be heading back over there. And you can see the impact it's having on these big brick countries, especially sure. um, Brazil and, and and India, and and most recently India. You know, I think that uh, the, the the governments, uh, the Western governments, are really preparing us uh, for is this extreme that we've seen in India in the last couple of weeks. And I think it's just brought it all a lot more home, hasn't it? And, and, and made us yeah, a lot more aware. Months ago, people were writing articles about why is India doing so well? Mm -hmm. Um, so 
it's going to be, this is not going to be a smooth <laughs> uh, path to everything getting back to normal. There are going to be some bumps and there are going to be some twists and turns along the way. But it's important to, to keep that inspiration alive and the imagination alive for travel right. because at some point it will return or you can find ways, different ways of, of traveling uh, that you haven't necessarily right. thought of before. Discover things that are closer to yourself, more on your doorstep right. within your own Just domestic why country. We've been out in California this year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, with, with, with all these travel things are going to change, and, uh, but we were talking as well about, you know, the podcast and the growth of podcasts, particularly mm-hmm. during the pandemic, as people have turned more to um, online consumption um, rather than just their traditional um, TV set boxes. So, I mean, what have you seen through the consumption of, of, of podcasts? Have you, have you seen an increased uh, level of engagement across um, no, all your... I've, no, a decrease this year. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, we still have strong numbers in 2000. 2020, we just fell a little short of 2 million downloads for the Amateur Traveler, which makes it the third best year. But uh, one of the, so there are two ways that people use Amateur Traveler. They subscribe every week and they listen to, you know, what different places we're talking about to get inspired with places they hadn't thought about. So that's one way. And the second way is they're about to go someplace and they say, what does Chris have to say Mm -hmm. about you know, Botswana or Bermuda or Bolivia or wherever, because we've probably covered it. And so they'll download that show. And so in the summer, I'll see a big spike in downloads for older shows. We have people who are downloading shows we did uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because that's where they're going. And now they need that information again. Well, that's the spike that did not happen last year, right? We just didn't have people traveling. And so we didn't have people saying, you know, now that I'm doing my trip planning, let me download that episode. Um, also, we saw with podcasting in general, the numbers went up just because the numbers always go up. <laughs> podcasting has grown relatively stably and relatively, you know, up and to the right. Uh, the only knee in the curve really being when Apple built it into the uh, iPhone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a number of years ago now. But other than that, it's just kind of steady growth. And the beginning of the pandemic, uh, podcasting went down just a little bit because people had completely different habits. They weren't commuting mm-hmm. to work, for instance. Uh, as the last numbers I've heard is that it's back up again and that there was you know, total growth. But yeah, it wasn't necessarily that. It's a little hard to judge you know, from your own personal behavior because everybody behaves differently and everyone you know, thinks podcasting took off when they discovered it is the other thing that I find. <laughs> But, but then you know, I think the people who are tracking the awareness and the downloads and things, what has changed is more and more people are becoming regular listeners of podcasts, especially in you know uh, the U.S. and then the U.K. and you know some other countries. And then we're seeing it take off more in Europe and in non-English speaking languages. But that's lagged. We've certainly seen a greater explosion in the UK, I think, as well as as, as like radio show hosts now creating their own podcast. Oh, sure, yeah. So that's now <laughs> pushing people to that channel. And um, it, I think it's interesting, as you say, to have that backlog, that, that having that library of content, that people will go back to old oh, yeah. episodes to get that insight. And it's not, it's, as I see, importance of keeping this sort of production going to, to really think about how you invest in your in, in your content and how you how you build that in a way right. that well, it, back. 
It also depends on what kind of content you put out. So for instance, This Week in Travel that I was doing until recently did for about 10 years with a couple of co-hosts uh, was another travel show that didn't have quite the same legs in the back catalog because that mm -hmm. one focused on news. If right. you're doing something that's very timely, and so you know, I will always get pitches from people in the PR world with, you know, we're doing this new hotel special here for the next two months. It's like, yeah, that is that is useless to me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to build something that will still be relevant five, ten years from now. And so we won't talk about that on the show. And so, you know, I'm looking for not the, you know, we've we're doing this festival the first time, but you know, we always do Oberamragau or we always do this particular Zurifasht in in Zurich or something like that. Every, you know, even if it's every year or every three years or every wherever, whatever. This is something that you can count on and you can plan your vacation against. And uh, you, you've mentioned that you've got several other podcasts. You've been involved in other podcast series sure. as well. What um, top tips would you give to anybody who's either looking at starting a podcast um, or um, being part of a podcast series? You know, the first thing I think of is run away. <laughs> <laughs> it can it can soak up a lot of time. Uh, no, I love podcasting. The recommendation I have for people is you need to figure out what it is you're trying to accomplish with this podcast. And then you need to figure out whether you can consistently create content or whether it's a short-term content. You know, some podcasts are, we're going to do six weeks and then we're done. Mm. And then we've got a promotion strategy, how, for, how we're going to use that content. That's fine too. But if you're planning on doing it ongoing, you should plan on being regular at some pace. And then, you know, think out 20 episodes, you know, or am I going to run out of ideas? So for instance, me saying, I'm going to do my, my own travel stories. I could see that I was running out and, and I was in this first six months of podcasting and I was running out of stories. So that, that didn't bode well for going on for a long-term, you know, uh, show. So that's one of the things I think. And then in terms of what are you trying to get out of it, aligning then the content and the goal and the audience. So for instance, I see people who are in the travel podcasting space and they're like, why did you start a podcast? Well, I want people to invite me places. Okay. Mm. Well, what do you do your show about? I talk to other travel bloggers about why they should, why they love travel. Okay. Well, why, why is anyone who going to invite you to places? I mean, that, that isn't what they're trying to do. They're trying to get people to their destination. And so if you're trying to accomplish that, that's the wrong show. You know, and, and those sort of things you should think of about up front. So, for instance, Amateur Traveler, I really did intend to get invited places. And, you know, hey, I, you know, in June, I'm supposed to go to, to Galapagos. The, <laughs> Galapagos, Galapagos on Thursday. And uh, in June, I'm supposed to be on a um, Windjammer cruise in the Caribbean, you know, and I you know, got invited to India. Who knows if that's going to happen in, in the fall and things like that. So that does happen because I'm producing content that is valuable for the people who mm -hmm. offer those sort of trips. This Week in Travel was entirely different. We started that when we started it in 2009. Gary Arndt and I had in mind that we wanted to get more visible within the travel editing community, the travel journalism community. And so when he won the Travel Journalist of the Year in 2008 and I won it in 2009 from Travel and Leisure Magazine, that was the goal that was accomplished through starting a podcast and inviting on travel editors. And so that show was never going to be bigger, as big as Amateur Traveler because our audience was really more about travel writers, travel bloggers, mm. travel editors. But the goal was we want to get more visible in that space. 
and that format and that content and that audience aligned. Um, so, you know, that's what I recommend when people think is, what are you trying to do? Excellent. That's wonderful. And, and, and fantastic advice as well, particularly for those who want to work with podcasters, um, especially of your ilk and, and, and your following and, 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 and the depth and range of content that you've got. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they have an idea to pitch or they have a story to share? Sure. Uh, so first of all, if you're interested in pitching the show, go to amateurtraveler.com slash pitch.me and you'll see exactly what I'm looking for in terms of pitches. The, that's especially for pitching a show. If you're interested in working with me as a as a travel brand or something like that, go to amateurtraveler.com slash about and there's a link there to working with me, which the URL I don't remember. Um, if you just want to send me an email, you can send it to host at amateurtraveler.com. Wonderful. Chris Christensen, thank you ever so much for joining me today early in the morning where you are in San Jose. And I really am jealous, incredibly envious of your flight over to Galapagos. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So that was Chris Christensen of the Amateur Traveller Travel Podcast with over 750 episodes available. So check that out. I'll be back with a couple more interviews of travel podcasters coming very soon. So keep up to date on travelmarket.life. Thanks for listening. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.